Hello and welcome to episode 32 of The Brand Lounge, where every Thursday we feature insightful brand stories to showcase the hundreds of ways that businesses are started, the ups and downs of being an entrepreneur, and to inspire you to build your business your way. I'm Tammy Heels, your host and founder of Shadowcat Creative, where I'm a personal brand and marketing consultant. And today I am once again joined by the fantastic Sherelle Griffith, a marketing strategist and business bestie for service-based business owners. And Sherelle is also a fellow podcaster and founder of Propel Her, a community for ambitious women. Welcome back to the show, Sherelle. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me back. I'm super excited to be here today. I'm really excited to hear about your your business journey and your brand story. It's something that I really enjoy in these episodes. So let's get cracking. I guess the best place to start is at the beginning. So how did you get started and mm-hmm. what was kind of the trigger point for you creating your business? So mine's probably not as traditional as some people's story because I actually started like my official limited company, I think like eight or nine years ago. So I was like probably like 21, 22. Yeah. And I didn't have sort of any idea actually what I wanted to do. And weirdly, it wasn't even like I then decided to like forge ahead and become a business. So I always do think to myself, why did you start it then? But I think I always knew that I was going to do like freelance stuff. And I moonlighted for, I'd probably say like a a good fair few years. I think I'm just one of those people that I absolutely love working. And so I was just like, I'm just going to do as much as I can do. So I opened that limited company, but I didn't officially do anything for like quite a few years. And then in 2015, I came up with the idea for Propel Her. And I just had had this urge I had um I read Lean In by Cheryl Sundberg and I really felt this like drive to help more women and I wanted to just find a way to start to do that and an original instinct I started a book club and a blog and um, I started the book club just in London and we'd meet once a month and we'd read great books to like support women and by the end of that year though it ended up being that I created like a Facebook and a Twitter and an Instagram I had a YouTube channel that I was making videos on weekly I had a Facebook group I was sending out these motivational Monday emails and it just like exploded because I was like well I didn't want to let any of my friends really know and I didn't want people to feel like they need to support me so I actively was just trying to put myself out there to grow this community and through that I also was going to lots of networking events I was living in London and I was meeting more and more like female entrepreneurs and people just like how are you doing all of this on top of a full-time marketing job and I was just like oh it's just like it all seemed just like super normal to me and that's when I started to realize oh actually what I take for granted because yes like I am a trained marketer I at that time I'd probably done like five or six years professionally of working but everything that I just thought everyone knew or seemed really obvious and even though I'd had to work some of this stuff out like not all of these channels were things I was doing like in my day job it was obviously within the framework of the way my brain worked so after a little while I think by the time I got to like 2018 I realized I needed to just be able to properly offer these services and there were so many great women that would be coming and asking for advice but I was like because all this work I was doing, my background was in performing arts. That was all the people that I was really helping from a freelance perspective. I thought, okay, I need to change it. And so I like, I had a doctorgriff.co.uk and I got .com. I was like, I'm going to become real. I'm going to become international. And I remember like sitting down, making this new website. And I 
like relaunched that in January 2018. And that, I suppose, is officially when I would say this business was born. Um, and yeah, and then since then, it's just been like, what, so three years now. I've been working through a range of like solopreneurs or whether it was like coaches and consultants. Like I took a bit of time to work out exactly the type of person I want to work with. But yeah, it's been three years of wonderful marketing joy in some different ribbons and bows on tops. <laughs> I absolutely love that. I love the energy and the passion that comes from it. And I love the fact that you loved working so much that you didn't see kind of this entire separate business as being work for a long time. Yeah, I just I just was like, well, I wanted people to come and I just knew I had to like do stuff to get people to know about it. And it just seemed absolutely natural. And then, yeah, but that's just that's like a true marketeer. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. So you said that you were working in a full-time role as well. So in a full-time marketing role. Yeah. And I know that one of the questions that frequently gets asked by listeners is how is it you made the decision to move from that full-time role to being full-time self-employed? Because if you're on the um, full-time side and you're looking at going self-employed, it can feel really scary. So I'd love to know the thought process and how you took that step. Yeah. So I had a full-time job that I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed. Um, I was working in London um, for the last like five, six years. It, professionally, it all been in like theatre and performing arts, West End shows, living a very glamorous London hashtag life. So I, it definitely was something that, you know, more and more people would be like, oh, are you going to like move? And I like sort of had this like shame around being not full-time in my business. But I was like, I really, really enjoyed my day job. And I was like, oh, and like, and I had a lot of tension and a lot around it. And then I got made redundant and I was like, this is the universe. I got made redundant in COVID and also COVID meant that theatres were shut. And I was literally like, this is the universe saying you were never going to ever do this off your own back. I've literally shut the theatre doors. My, my flat fell apart. My flat's still being worked on right now. So I can't even live in my London flat. Um, and I got made redundant from my like dream head of marketing job, which I actually have a YouTube video from like five years ago where I said all I wanted to be was a head of marketing, like by the time I was 30 and I like, happened. So I was like, this is the universe kicking me out. And so I just decided straight away, I was like, this is it. So I didn't even think for one single second about like looking for another job. I was like, no, this is the sign. It's time to go. So yeah. <laughs> That's so refreshing to hear because I think that a lot of people that I speak with, the reason that they go into self-employment is because they're not enjoying the corporate world and they don't yeah. enjoy their jobs. So it's really, really lovely to hear that you were, I mean, it sucks that you were made redundant, <laughs> but the energy and the approach that you've taken to that and the fact that you'd already put the work in. I'm really curious to know if you would have, if you hadn't have been made redundant, do you think you would have taken that step? So my theory had always been that whilst I love theatre, um, it was never going to be forever. So like I do have dreams of having like an absolutely gorgeous house and realistic and I'm not from London originally I'm originally from Nottingham so I always thought at some point I basically would decide to leave London get a gorgeous house you know maybe meet someone etc and that's when I would leave it and I always did have this thing that I thought actually I didn't want to go work probably in a regional theatre um like that wasn't my actual dream so when I left London I was like that would be when I'd be like great I've done all this groundwork and I think you're right this idea of I can't think of anything scarier than being like oh 
I'm finished and then now I need to start a business from scratch. Like I have so many friends who actually became performers and they get to the end of their performing career and then they're like, I have to make a new thing from the beginning. So for me, actually planting all these seeds, like I'd already been doing all the network. I already had some clients, I had testimonials. Men, I always thought when I decide I want to do this, I'm not going to be starting from ground zero. Like I'm not going to be that, like we said in the previous episode, I'm not going to be trying to make a Google presence from nothing. Like that stuff's already out there. So yeah, yeah I'm sure I would at some point, but it definitely, I would definitely had probably a few more years of I had a great job like I got to walk the red carpet and like go to theater all the time and like like do great things and I just to be clear as well like I think a lot of people are negative about corporate jobs I didn't have a corporate job I don't think in that traditional sense I never had to wear a suit or a like high waisted pencil skirt I never had to like I never felt that restricted most of my jobs I'd be like I could wear whatever I want they were great people and like I'm an extrovert that just loves being around amazing people and yeah I was really gifted that most of the jobs I had was generally people that a lot of people in like theatre and marketing still are people from a theatre background so it was fun like it was lots of fun <laughs> I love that I'd also sorry I'm just, I'm just going to keep asking all these questions right. I would love to know as someone who so as someone myself I love to work as well is something that I've found very hard to find a balance with and found that I was getting burnt out quite frequently but I'm much more of an introvert than an extrovert did you ever find that you were hitting any point of burnout? Did you find that you found that balance when you were working full time that would enable you to continue running the business? Yeah, I think I was pretty lucky because I think I've got a high energy and that's definitely one of my like superpowers is like, I'm not one of those people that I feel particularly gets burnt out very often. Um, I enjoy the work I was doing and that's one of the things as well. I think for me, I... All the work I was doing outside my job, I was getting to choose exactly who I wanted to work with on the work that I was doing. I'm a massive geek. So I enjoyed getting different clients that was like pushing me to use my brain. And my thing was like, I'm getting all this great marketing knowledge and experience from like working and I'm passing this on to women that is really important. I'm actually helping to make a difference. And also like that made me feel good. So actually the more work I did, the happier I was to be fair. (laughs) I think that that's fantastic. And it's really, and again, I'll say it again, it's just really refreshing to hear that it was such a different approach because I feel like, There are so many people who have built their small businesses from a place of escape Mm -hmm. rather than, uh, which is then moved into like creating an impact and the want and the drive to create more of an impact that has always been moving away from something as opposed towards something, if that makes sense. Whereas I feel like yours is quite balanced. You're like, no, I'm happy here. I'm happy here. I'm happy with all of it. I'm just going to go with kind of go with the flow of the universe. Yeah. And for me, it definitely was that thing of impact. Like I started it because I just knew I could help women. And I was seeing people that weren't getting the help. And I think, you know, some of the people that were ending up getting advice from people that wasn't helping them to do it in the way they should be doing it. Um, I think particularly when I started, I felt like there was lots of people teaching cutie cutter, the same thing over and over again. It just frustrated me. And I was just like, well, you've got two choices. You can moan about this or you can do something about it. And I decided I'll do something about it. I love that. That's a brilliant way of approaching it. Um, So we've talked about how easy a lot of this has felt for you but have there been any hardships along the way that kind of surprised you that that you had to overcome I think the hardest thing um 
probably especially at the moment is actually like running a online business when you are an extrovert um and that trying to like keep my energy high um and how to deal with that like I think actually this definitely wouldn't have been like a time I would have ever dreamt of in terms of I know so many people that build an online business because they want that more like quality time by themselves and they love that they can just be at home whereas I'm just like I want the people I want to get back out I just want to network like actually like going to networking events was like one of my favorite things to do um and so like getting back out and just talking to people so yeah I think this period of time at the moment actually is difficult just be so much time by yourself and I think it's hard whilst like the, the business side of it it's probably like I've enjoyed it and like the marketing comes easy that there are other parts of it and like mentally I think has definitely been something like as a full-time business owner I had been doing probably a lot of work and like Propel is all about personal development so I like read loads um and I had like joined some programs on my mindset and I think that mindset is definitely like changing that around because you have to think differently like everything is on you like I'm also the way like my personality is means it's like like I want to wake up and I want to get things done and sometimes you might not be moving as fast as you'd like as a business owner you might not be making the progress you want there are days when it's hard and then you like get frustrated so yeah there's definitely hard things around not like being by yourself not having a team not having that sounding board I mean yeah that's some of the stuff I struggle with that's something that I can absolutely relate to especially the not making progress as quickly as you want to and I think that there are a lot of listeners out there who can relate when they can see where they want to be going but they just don't seem to be getting there even though they're taking actions is there anything that you kind of implement or anything that you do within your world that helps ease that so I think having a real knowledge of the fact that you, it takes time and trying to really look at, okay, what are having the small wins? So I'm a big believer of really trying to look at what is happening right now in your business. You know, we spoke in the last episode about this idea that what you do now will have an impact in three months time. And so not trying to think, okay, what am I doing today? And how is that, how is that going to change it? But actually being like, okay, you know, what am I doing? What will that mean in the future? And acknowledging you are making progress. I think it's just sometimes the progress we're trying to look for is absolutely massive and it might be smaller than we anticipated. Yeah, I think that that's a great way of doing it. Do you do a lot of mindset work as well? I'm really curious because as an introvert, it's something that I rely heavily on because I'd rather, I'd rather talk to my own brain than someone else's sometimes. <laughs> Um, so I'm interested to hear as an extrovert kind of whether mindset work looks any different for you. No, mindset work is really important for me. I definitely, like I've joined a program a few years ago around money mindset because that was definitely something that I knew I needed to start like facing the childhood stories in my head. So I do that. I'm actually redoing that program at the moment. And then I like really believe like in the power of affirmations, like practices them in the morning. I don't do as much journaling I go through phases with journaling if I'm really honest um I go through phases where I really feel like I need to do it and I need to get it out um and then sometimes I don't but yeah I definitely feel like mindset work is important I think it's definitely important as well if you're trying to like move up a level so I think actually what I found is I've gone through phases where I'm like okay I'm good I'm in a nice rhythm that's fine but then when I've actually been like right I need to step this up. That's when I probably do more mindset work. It's like, actually, how am I becoming like the best version? 
you know, I want to be. One of my like things is like, you know, your vibe attracts your tribe. And even though I hate the word tribe, the phrase makes sense. So I absolutely believe that I need to be showing up as the best version of myself in order to be attracted to the best clients. And so I will use mindset work to make sure that, that what I put out is the, is the best as possible. Brilliant. It's such a powerful message as well. And it's something that I only have encountered in the last kind of 18 months of doing business when following certain people especially around the manifestation and visualization side of mindset work yeah yeah it's really it's I'm always fascinated to hear how other business owners kind of maintain that mindset and that that framing I'd say visualization is probably the least thing I do (laughs) like visualization is one of those techniques I did miracle morning for like Mm, I think over a year like we read the book in Pearl's book club I've got a whole load of YouTube videos on it and I followed it consistently for a year and did the visualizations but naturally I'm just not someone that loves it it just I would much rather like I would write out my goals every day to like focus on myself and I would like yeah follow all the programs I've got a vision board so like I would do that but something about just like closing your eyes and trying to like see it and feel it and taste it yeah that's probably my weakest area no I agree with that I think that I I struggle with that kind of level of visualization my visualization is almost like daydreaming and it's kind of like oh future Tammy would be doing this right now (laughs) and I find that that's much more helpful but I think that that's kind of the thing isn't it you have a toolkit and you take what you need and you use it in a way that works for you the same as marketing (laughs) perfect so we've talked a little bit around some of the hardships are there any successes that really took you by surprise in the time of running your business um my biggest surprise probably was maybe a a year and a half ago I like had an email that was like a nomination for some social media marketing awards so someone else had nominated me and I definitely at that point didn't feel as if I was ready to start putting myself forward for awards having been someone that like worked in a marketing agency like that's like such an important thing like awards are like so key for keeping agencies running and so I had like all these ideas of like what amazing marketing campaigns look like and what you have to do to win awards and so that really was like I didn't win but just being nominated and like really opened my eyes to be like actually the work you're doing is valuable even if it's in a different scale and it's in a different way and that actually ended up me entering some awards last year and I won blog of the year and for me from digital women and it was such a such a big achievement because I didn't class myself as a blogger because I'm not I don't class myself as a writer basically and so even though I had been I've got a book blog I have a business blog and I run a blog for Pelher so I'm not a blogger yeah exactly exactly (laughs) I was like I think so I'd blog over a hundred blog posts a year like across the three places consistently but I wouldn't class myself as a blogger. And so that again, then just like lifted another door open to me and like having that focus now, like for me, my business blog is such a key part of my business. Like so many people find me through that. And it's something that I'm like really proud of. And like, even if you don't want to work with me, I'm always like, read my blog, like you will find something useful. And so that definitely has been like a success, but also like a shift for me to realize like, what am I doing as a business owner? That's like for everyone. And that also then helps me to realize then I can only, I can work with so many clients and that's fine because I'm still doing something for that the impact that I want and I'm helping people but just in another way. I find that fascinating and I'm, I'd love to hear your thoughts around how you find that consistency and that productivity because you mentioned I can't remember if it's this episode or before that you could write like three blog posts a week whereas others may find that one blog post takes them like a day. Yeah. Is it just something that you found a rhythm with? Is it a process that you've put in place or is it just kind of naturally gifted? No, I mean, it's not naturally gifted. Honestly, if I could do anything, 
like writing would be so, so far down the list. The reason why I started to blog was purely because I believe in the power of search engine optimization. I'm all about SEO and that was why I blogged. That's 100% why I got into it. And yeah, I just have a, I suppose I have got a rhythm. So it's like propel her, a new blog post comes out every Sunday because I send out a motivational motivational email on the Monday. And then on shrugwith.com, every single Wednesday, I do a new business blog so anything to help either your business or your marketing or running a business by yourself and I have gone through phases where I will plan them out in advance and so that really helps and so that means therefore I know what I'm meant to be doing but also I'm just someone that I'm like I've committed to it like I tell people there's a new blog post coming out every Wednesday so that's going to happen and I make it a real priority for me it's not something I want to sit down and just do but I know for me that it is important for my business and now it's got to the point where I can see people using it so then I also think well that's valuable and I think for me I don't have a business that's going to be high impact like I don't run a course I don't run group programs so I'm never going to impact like thousands of women where you see these people these big big missions like that so for me that's sort of my impact like I'm all about debt I work with clients three months and that means I only work with probably like 20 a year like 25 years because that's just the way I work so for me it's also about having that blog there to be like well this is giving the impact I want this is about me putting out that the positivity into the world and supporting people so I know that it's important even if it's not necessarily a key driver in my business every single week because I think that's why people don't blog is because they think to themselves actually if I do this social media post it's more important or if I do this client work and it can feel like it's not driving your business in the same way but for me it's an integral part of it I absolutely love the fact that it's something that you've committed to and that's the commitment that drives it and then it's that success from it yeah but commitment is different to everyone and I think like actually I've just finished reading um, a book called The Four Tendencies by Gretchen Rubin and she talked go on have you read it? I haven't read the book but last week on Clubhouse I co-hosted a room with someone who Adina Kroll who has been on the show as well and she's read the book and we were talking about the the four tendencies because it's the four money personalities isn't it? Oh so I didn't know they're related to money but they might they might be as well I just read the book in a general sense so there was like upholder, questionnaire, rebel and obliger and so what what I was going to say is I'm an upholder so therefore it's really easy for me to make a commitment and to stick to it so if you are someone listening and you're like oh well I've made this commitment that I want to blog every week and you haven't it might actually be that unfortunately you're not the type of person that's just going to be able to make a commitment and follow through for it by yourself and you might actually need to look at other ways of adding accountability to make that happen speaking as a rebel um absolutely (laughs) it's it's challenging (laughs) Yeah, I think that that's really important. And again, it comes back to that whole building business in a way that feels right for you. And you seem to have really found your rhythm in what does work for you and wholeheartedly embrace that. So I'd really love to know if your business is now much different to how you envisioned it would be when you started. Has it changed much over the years? So it it hasn't changed that much. I think all I've done is probably tweaked a few little things. Like people have come my way that I suppose have made me force me to think a bit more about who I want to work with so I think when I first started I was very vague about just any sort of solopreneur I'd work with and I just have this big big passion for like someone who's trying to make that dream happen and they have got those skills and they have got that knowledge but they just don't know how to make that 
happen because they're just not that way minded. It's not been something they've done before. And then slowly but surely I've like shifted and tweaked and turned. And now I've really got to that point where I'm like, yeah, it's service based. So like coaches and consultants, people are using that like wonderful brain they've got. They've got this knowledge and they just want to get it out in the world. And they're not using that at the moment online it's not coming across so like yeah I suppose like my ideal client has changed a little bit and I've toyed with different services along the way and some of them have stayed and some of them have disappeared but it's pretty much the same that's really cool I love the fact that it's it just feels so I don't know it's like the vibe that I get from you is just like everything is done with intention right from the start so there's no reason why it would be any different (laughs) Yeah, I think maybe, I mean, I'm a strategist. So like there is a plan and a strategy behind most things that I do. So yeah, maybe I'm not as, I plan a little bit more in the beginning. So I don't need to shift as much through the process. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, I would love to now kind of cover a few bits around your brand. So as opposed to more of your business journey, looking at your brand story. So I know that you've named your business using your name, obviously, and you've also got Propel Hair. But when it came to choosing business names, how what was it that made you decide on those in particular? So for me, I mean, it's a weird one because I sort of hate it that my business is just my name. Because in a way you're like, you know, when you can't introduce, it's nice when you get to introduce people as like, founder, like that sounds nicer. But I generally was like, I don't know what's going to happen in the future. Like I love marketing, but I also could see in the future that other elements of my life will start to come into it. Like I'm sure X amount of years down the line, I probably would do my coaching qualification and then do some business coaching as well. And I can imagine like over time, I might bring in more of the personal development stuff that sits and propel her that might come into it. So I, I don't know what I'm going to become. Like I just know I'm a massive learner and I'm constantly changing. So who knows what the future would hold. And so for me, it made sense just to have my name so that it can move of anything. Even though I do absolutely love people that got names for their brands because they're like Da-da-da. also I find choosing brand names super super hard so the only reason why Propel Her exists was just like I literally just had this moment and I was like Da-da! um but otherwise you can sit down there for months trying to choose a name mm-hmm. and so many people that just decide like they want to run an agency they want to run a consultancy they you know and they're trying to find it and then it's like and then also you have to then do the hard work of building the brand and connecting your name to it and I think that that's the thing as well that is difficult and a lot of people don't really think about how much work that takes because actually what you're trying to do is double the work because some people will know you and then they never know your business name and then you have your business name it's like you're constantly trying to bring the two together and raise that profile at the same time it's a lot of work that's a really interesting take and one that I hadn't fully considered until you've laid it out like that it's like no absolutely because networking it's more me as an individual whereas when it's but you're still trying to promote your business as well so people are having to remember two things instead of one yeah I mean I think my view on it is wholly because I'd had a a lot of conversations with this because it's a real big thing in the dance industry so there'll be people that have their name that's just their name dance company versus people who decide to actually have a name like so they have a brand for it it was a conversation I'd had a lot for many years and I've had this whole thing of like running companies and that have a name and then trying to make people know who the artistic director was and I was like well that's what happens when you decide to have a business and you don't use your name you're constantly trying to do that those two things so yeah that was one of the main reasons why I decided just to go with me no makes absolute sense and I love the fact that propel her was just this spark of inspiration perfect so when it comes to your 
branding so your visual identity and your website I know that you said earlier that you created your website initially yourself Mm -hmm. that's something that you have continued to just kind of develop yourself have you worked with anyone to develop your visual identity so I'm naughty and I've never worked with anyone and I don't even have a logo I know it's shocking (laughs) it's almost like a logo isn't your brand (gasps) So I think previously I'd always been someone who had been like, oh, I want to get this logo. And um, I'd get the logo and then I would like try and make the brand palette before I would do like anything. And the old choreography website did have a logo on. But then when I was remaking it, I just was like, I had no idea what I wanted to go with. And I just was like, just get this website live and forget about the logo. Like the logo is not going to make a difference to you having success in your business at all. And I definitely thought I would sort myself out in a quicker amount of time, but I just haven't. And you know, like I think I'm one of those people that I'm sure at some point I will work with someone amazingly fancy and will do it all. But it doesn't, for me, I don't think it stops you from actually starting your business and getting clients. I try, I have got a palette of colours that I try and stick to. And I feel like people do recognise me and people say that I'm consistent. I, I get positive comments from stuff. So I'm like, that's enough for people to remember. If that's what's working for me right now, that's what's working. And I'm sorry, because I know that branding's your thing. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's totally fine because I think that it's the epitome of showing exactly what brand is and isn't. And the yeah. fact that you are your brand brand and that you don't have a logo that you're relying on and that you do have a suite of colors so that you can have that consistency it just goes to show that you don't have to boil your business down to an icon to represent you and I think that that's wonderful I think that it's a really good way of showing that brand is more of an experience than it is a logo yeah and you're right like it's so much more than that and I think that's the thing is actually part of me not going down that road was I I know what it takes when you have a brand. I've done rollouts of brands like professionally. I've worked with design agencies and I've done that process. So I was like, also, when I think about all the things I would need to bring for the level of like branding person I would work with and like what I don't expect on the outcome, I think I was like, this is going to take so much work that I was like, this is going to stop me from doing the work that's going to bring in the business. Yeah. If that makes sense. Because yeah, absolutely. I would become so invested in that process that I'd be like, oh, I need to do this and I need to do that. Yeah. And what about this? And then like 17 years later, we would st- I wouldn't be on this podcast podcast that's for sure 17 years later I've still got the same color palette (laughs) (laughs) yeah no I find that really interesting and I think that that's something that's really important for the listeners to maybe take a note of as well if you're in the early stages of your business and your brand or your business name is holding you back just make a decision just move forward because it will not be the only thing that contributes to your success So, you know, you can still be successful without having a strong vision, well, without having a defined professional visual identity, but still be consistent. Yeah. Tricky ones are trying to summarize. (laughs) No, and I think that's the thing as well. Like you need to be aware if if you're someone that can be consistent or not. And I think that's the difference. I think partly because of my background, it meant that I absolutely understand what it means to run a brand. And like I've worked for companies that I've had to make brand guideline books that are horrendous and you never want to look at them because there's like so many rules. But I suppose what that's meant. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, I've I've worked for the company. I worked for companies that had like funding bodies. So then there was like I had to look at their rules and everyone else's rules. So I think that's meant that I could be like, okay, fine. Just choose a few fonts, choose some colours, stick to it. Like, don't go crazy. 
And because also I'm one of those people that will follow the rules and stick to procedures and processes, it works. If you are someone who is crazy and you know you're not going to stick to it and tomorrow you're going to want to have something else fabulous and the next day it's going to be whatever, then yeah, maybe it's more important for you to invest in working with someone. I think also though, it's important to note that you've put yourself at the forefront of your brand. So you are literally in the embodiment of your brand. It's it's you that's doing your marketing. It's you that's the face of your brand. It's your name. So I feel like it works well because the consistency is you. You're the one yeah. that's showing up every day. Whereas I tend to take a little bit more of a backseat. I'm not quite as prominent as the face of my brand, but then I've mirrored that by having a brand name as opposed to using yeah. my name. So, you know, there are different ways of going around it. Um, I'd be really curious to know more about your brand strategy, though. As a marketing strategist, do you put a lot of thought into your branding pillars? as well or do you tend to have a lot more of the focus on I know what my marketing messages are and the brand strategy just kind of naturally flows from that yes I think I've gone through times where I've probably put more emphasis on my brand than others so especially in terms of like really looking at brand values um so I do take the time occasionally to go back through and actually say like are these still brand values that really true to me and how am I like showing them and I think that's actually something I've been working on in the last few months is really trying to look at actually how I can be exhibiting and showcasing my brand values because I think that can be something that's quite difficult that it can be something that you truly believe in but you're not actually um, showing it so I think like really going back through my brand values and then really trying to work out okay how do I make sure this actually shows up in my content and I don't think I've got to the point where it's it's not revolutionized what it looks like but I think now there's just starting to be a few more hints that help people to understand a little bit more about what is important for me and I think that does work alongside marketing in a different way because as we said in the first episode like your brand is part of your positioning like knowing how you are and what you stand for and how you're different and so for me starting to share a bit more about my brand values is helping me to realize that I will attract different people I'll attract the people I really want to attract. And so, yeah, trying to feed that through into my content is something I'm looking at. Yeah, I think that that's great. And I think that it's really interesting to hear from a marketing strategist how brand strategy goes, like flows through. Because I feel like they're so intrinsically linked. It's kind of like two of the bases that contribute to the whole. So you're really focused on developing a coherent brand strategy that absolutely embodies everything that you want it to you're going to naturally have incorporated a lot of your brand strategy kind of without realizing. And then when you're developing a brand strategy, I think that you're already sort of outlining the key beats that you want for your marketing strategy, just yeah. from the way that your brand is being developed. So yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. yeah, I don't think I necessarily think of them as like totally separate, but I suppose what I can see is there are times where trying to like really focus on my brand is different, if that makes sense. Yeah. So with marketing, it can be more like the output and it can be like what you're doing and the activities. Brand for me is like, that's the foundation. So actually, I think even when I'm doing marketing strategy work, people really have to have done that brand work before we come to marketing. Yeah, That's the thing for me. Even if it's not, and that doesn't mean like, yeah, you have to have worked with a strategist and you've got your whole visual identity and you've got this great origin story and you've, you've got all this, that you've got your brand board and you've got your guidelines. Like you don't have to have all of that, yeah. but there is still a degree of brand work for me that is just foundational marketing that otherwise we can't do your marketing strategy because yeah. what am I going to be using to start from? Yeah, absolutely. I feel like the brand is kind of, like you said, it's the defining the foundations of what everything else is built from. 
Perfect. So the question that I ask a lot of businesses, and again, it's something that I'm really, really curious to hear your (laughs) take on, is what for you has been the most effective or your favorite marketing method for growing your business? So this obviously, so I got to see these questions in advance and I was like, oh, you've asked the marketing person this, like, what are you going to do? And for the longest time, I used to always be trying to say like, I'm like, I'm a marketing strategist and people would be like, oh, and they'd be like, why don't you just become a digital marketing? And I was like, because I actually have a background that is old school and sometimes old school, I truly believe in. And one of the things for me is like networking has been absolutely so important to me. As I said before, I am an extrovert. I love nothing more than to go to events and talk to people about their business. Honestly, when people are like, oh, I hate networking, I'm like, what? Like, what is wrong with you? If I could just spend every single day just like going to events, I get to learn something, like someone teaches you something, someone says something up the top, and then you get to talk to other amazing women about their businesses. Like, literally, that's all I would do all day. So networking for me has been a real important source of my business and for like such a long time, like that's the way I've always got clients. And even some people now that I think actually I was networking with them and then obviously they came over to a social platform or they came over to my email list and then they've converted. So also normally not one thing is going to be like the be all and end all. And I think that's also something that's really important. The thing that finally triggers someone to come over might not be absolutely everything. And I think that can be really hard for us to like understand that journey. And so it's easy to start accounting. Okay, like, you know, the last couple of clients I've got have all come from Instagram, but then I could argue about how did they get onto Instagram in the first place? Do you know what I mean? So yeah, networking is a big thing for me. Instagram does drive a lot of my um, clients. Like, I'm not going to lie. I suppose from an online perspective, it is. And my favorite marketing method is still email. I literally love it. If I, yeah, email is like my absolute baby because it just means one, I don't have to show my face. I don't have to, <laughs> I don't have to do anything. I can do whatever I want. I can like be in bed on my laptop doing it. Two, you can just get like so specific about it. So for me, like I really love this idea of like trying to find out as much information about people that are on your email list, being able to like, I set up my tags, set up my segments so I can start writing real targeted emails to people and actually get responses. And also it convert. For me, I absolutely have got clients and then particularly for other services. So when it's like memberships and group programs and stuff like that, email, you send it out, boom, people turn around and start paying for it. It's a win-win and you can do really good work on email that lasts for a long time. So like one thing that I often do with clients is really start looking at automated sequences. And if you're someone who is solo and you'll get like you're at that point where you're like I need my marketing to be working as hard as it possibly can for me I'm not yet in a place where I feel like I can be like investing in someone else setting up automated emails is like the best thing you can do because once you've done it keeps on working for you it's a great return on investment from a time perspective as well that's fantastic that's such an insightful answer and I love that you've got things in there that you know work as good strategies but also that personal vibe as well with the networking yeah. I think that that's fantastic perfect so we're going to wrap up the episode here but is there a key piece of advice from your particular business journey that you'd like to share with the listeners for me I think creating a business obviously is a really personal thing and therefore really owning how you want your business to look and what that is like it's like the thing I say to most people because I think it's easier now than ever before to look at journeys of other people online and we can read all the books and we can read their blogs and we can check out their social content and you can get like sucked up into 
what your business journey should look like. And instead, you just need to imagine it's like 100 years ago. And if you decided to start a business, you wouldn't, other than that, your mentor, you wouldn't know other people's journeys as much. So if you really want to start a business or if you're already in it and you're trying to go to the next level, like go after it with like your best intentions and try and block out as many other people around you in terms of worrying about their journey. Yeah, I think that that's fantastic. And listeners, if you want to hear more around that kind of subject, then Sherelle and I did talk about this in the last episode. So if you missed it, make sure to go back and have a little listen to that one. So I just want to say thank you so much for sharing all of this with us today. Sherelle, it's been absolutely brilliant talking with you again. So where can the listeners find more of you online? So the best place to go is to my website. So that's sherellegriffith.com. And of course, I'm on social because we're all on social. Um, You can find me on Instagram or LinkedIn and you spell Sherelle Griffith, C-H-A-R-E-L-L-E-G-R-I-F-F. I-T-H. Perfect. So all of the links will be in the show notes below listeners. So if you do want to see more of Sherelle and her wonderful work and definitely high vibe energy, particularly on Instagram, (laughs) then go across to the show notes, click on through and sign up there. And thanks once again, just for sharing everything today. I think that it's just been so valuable to hear all of your insights and also to hear kind of such a refreshing take on the way that you started your business and the way it continues to grow. Thank you so much for having me. It's been nice to share. I've actually never really shared my story. I'm always like talking about what I'm actually doing, how I help other people rather than my own journey. So it's been nice to be on the podcast and share it. Amazing. I'm glad that we had this opportunity then. (laughs) Perfect. And listeners, don't forget that new episodes are live every Tuesday and Thursday. So be sure to subscribe to never miss an episode. And until next time, head over to our community on Instagram and Facebook with the links in the show notes where we can continue the conversation in the brand lounge.